This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are back on the road. Our quest to check off the final ballparks on Anthony's 30 stadium list continues. No guest this week, as we've got four ballpark experiences to share with you. This episode was recorded in the stands of City Field, U.S. Cellular Field, Wrigley Field, and Miller Park. Hello, folks. We are currently sitting in the beautiful city field here in Queens, New York. This is our third game, actually, in three days, watching the New York Metropolitans take on the Chicago Cubs. Well, it's really the Chicago Cubs taking on the New York Metropolitans. You say the, the visiting team first, Manish. Fair enough. I was looking at uh, the Grandy man, Curtis Granderson, taking a bat, so the Mets were in, in uh, the front of my mind. But you were correct. Thank you for correcting me, as always, Mr. Rapp. So we did not actually turn the recorder on the last couple of days. We were just having a little bit too much fun here watching some amazing pitching and amazing defense and, for Anthony's sake, some amazing Cubs victories. But uh, you've been here before. What are your thoughts on, on this beautiful park? Oh, it's, a, it's top tier for me, top tier National League park. Um, it's, it, feel, it really feels like a real baseball place. And uh, yeah, Addison Russell once again made a nice play on a line out to him. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it, you just feel like it's a real baseball place, but it also feels, it's modern, but it still feels, it doesn't, it doesn't have too many gimmicky things. They have a little too much noise and video stuff going on sometimes. That's the only, that's the only real complaint I have. Although the crowd is starting to get into it right now, which is nice. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an afternoon, it's a lazy afternoon day here, and uh, not too many people in the stands, but they're getting loud when they need to be. So when we've been coming to these games, it's been a little bit different for us because normally it's just uh, the two of us sitting here uh, enjoying uh, a nice nine-inning affair, but we've been bringing friends with us this time. So in the first game here, we brought your amazingly awesome sweet boyfriend, Michael, and his, his dad, who I had not met his dad. His dad is just awesome. Uh, and then uh, yesterday, we were hanging out with super producer Zach McNeese, the genius who makes this sound so good for all of you to listen to. And today, I finally got to meet your friend Monica, who is actually sitting right next to me. And I'm going to, she's keeping score, which is something that I love. But I have, I'm going to have her uh, say a couple of words about what she thinks about City Field. What do you think about City Field, Monica? I quite like City Field. Anything specifically about it that you like? These seats. <laughs> we are sitting in pretty nice seats uh, along the third base side, a couple rows behind the uh, Cubbies dugout. But uh, you're a Cardinals fan. How do you feel about the, the National League East? I'll let them tire themselves out. <laughs> I like you a lot. That is, that's perfect. I like that. And how, and how do you feel about the Cubs, Monica? I really like my friend Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Monica and I went to opening the opening series at Wrigley this year, uh, where the Cardinals came to Wrigley for the opening series, and we went to both games there. Um, dude, we're supposed to be three, but one got rained out. Um, but uh, so we, you know, we were able we're able to be friends and rivals, I suppose, 
would yeah, I think that's true, right? So I have, as I said, when I met Tony La Russa, I have years ago when he was still managing the Cardinals, I have respect for the Cardinals. I'm a little, you know, I have moments where I'm like, how do they keep doing it? But you know, they keep doing it, so you got to respect it. Do you, Monica? Do you have any any secret uh, uh, knowledge of how the Cardinals every year have the best farm system in the league, have the best major league t- team in the league? How they lose their aces, their superstars, yet they continue to win? Please, please explain to us how. What kind of sorcery is this? I have nothing. I have nothing. Fred Bird is magical. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, there you have it. It's Fred Bird, I guess. So we all need to get our own version of Fred Bird. Fred Bird, Fred Bird is the name of the mascot? <laughs> her eyes lit up, and she has a very big smile on her face. She's a pretty big fan of, of the Redbird. I apologize for this ridiculous noise in the background, but that is what it's like seeing a game here uh, at City Field, and sadly, a lot of ballparks. Uh, you know, the, the sound speakers could get a little bit of a... Uh, turn, turn the volume down just a little bit so we can have conversations. But to Anthony... We are, there's been a crazy week for us. We were in Los Angeles earlier this week recording the brilliantly funny Never Not Funny episode, which if you haven't gotten a chance to hear Anthony on Never Not Funny, go check that out immediately. Uh, We had Jimmy on the show a couple weeks ago at this point. But we took the red eye back here and we came in early, uh, back here being New York City. That night we saw a Cubs-Mets game. The next night we saw a Cubs-Mets game. Today we see a Cubs-Mets game in the afternoon. And now we've got a flight to Chicago tonight we'll be now going to see the White Sox, then the Cubs, then Milwaukee, then Minnesota, then Kansas City. And then the All-Star Game. And then the awesome All-Star Game. Huge thanks to Hal Morris for hooking us up with the All-Star Game uh, tickets. But we've got another long road trip ahead of us. Any uh, apprehensions, anything, or are you excited for this uh, for this next uh, trip? Apprehensions of, of, of uh, many hours trapped in a car with Munish, no apprehensions. You know what, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut, but I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna believe that what you just said is true because my ego can't handle anything other. It's gonna be fun, it's gonna be a little bit longer drive this time. Last time was like four, four and a half hours, this time it's gonna be six, six and a half. But uh, we'll have a lot of great day baseball to watch and uh, hopefully the Cubs will win this game for Anthony and send us on the road a happy man. So far, I'm uh, this year. I'm three and one for Cubs games I'm attended. In terms of the Cubs have won three of four, three of the four games that I've attended. That's pretty good for me as a Cubs fan to just to be able to see those victories. Absolutely. And this might be four. We'll see. They're leading right now, so we'll see. All right, folks. So uh, I'm not entirely sure how we're going to end up cutting this into the podcast because it's going to be we got a lot of crazy stuff happening over the next couple of weeks. But stay tuned and keep listening here in the clubhouse. After the game, Anthony and I hustled over to LaGuardia Airport to fly to Chicago. Our first game in Anthony's hometown was at a ballpark he had never visited before, U.S. Cellular Field. We also chatted with Martha Joe Black from the White Sox front office. Martha told us some wonderful stories about her father, Joe Black, who was the first black pitcher to win a World Series game. Stay tuned for that episode next week. But for now, we take you inside the cell to hear Anthony's thoughts on this Southside Stadium. Hello, everybody. We are sitting here at U.S. Cellular Field in Chicago, (coughs) Illinois. And before we get started, I want to give a massive, 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 massive shout out to the wonderful Martha Jo Black, who, depending on where this episode falls in the uh, release schedule, you'll either have just heard 
our wonderful interview with Martha, or you will be about to hear it soon. But uh, she took us around uh, inside the cell. She fed us some amazing food down in the scout seats. And uh, she's just been insanely gracious and welcoming to us here at US Cellular Field. So thank you, Martha Joe Black. You are honestly the best. Uh, but Anthony, we are now sitting here at US Cellular. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, bottom tier. Bottom tier American League Park for me. Okay. Sort of imposing architecture. It's not very warm and inviting. Um, too much, the scoreboard situation is sad to me. But the, you know, the field is okay. I don't even, there's foul ball. Um, the, the, nice, the nicest feature here is there's a nice row of hedges in the batter's eye. And that's really pretty. And, you know, so but it's but it's underneath this sort of ugly monstrosity of the scoreboard. <laughs> the scoreboards are a little bit old and outdated. Uh, there are pinwheels atop the U.S. Cellular Field uh, yeah. center field scoreboard that is out of oh off the wall. Is that Bobby Abreu? Or, I'm sorry, Jose Abreu, not Bobby Abreu. Jose Abreu is gunning it to third, and that is a triple for Jose Abreu. Listen to this crowd. That was an exciting play. Triples are always exciting. It almost reached the seats, and I'm sure Hawk Harrelson is somewhere in this ballpark right now losing his mind. So, Hawk, that one was for you. That was a long, he long was not, triple. He was not gunning it out of the box. No, he well, that's also a Jose Abreu. He put, on, he put on the afterburner, like, it's pretty much when he was getting up towards second. Our seatmate has referred to him as having a piano on his back a couple of times every time he runs, which is uh, very accurate to seeing how Mr. Jose Abreu runs. But... Uh, that was a good triple. So uh, with nobody out here, uh, we got Melky at the plate. He's two for two already. Uh, the White Sox are threatening to add on to their current one to nothing lead. But here's the real story of the game, which is that the it's we're in the top, the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Jeff Smarzer walked the leadoff batter, and he has since set down 15 in a row. He has a no hitter going. He does have a no hitter going. One at bat away from being a perfect game, but it was a no hitter. So I know. You all must have your superstitions of whether we should or shouldn't be talking about it at this moment, but we'll see if we end up jinxing him. Uh, but I don't believe in such things. All right, we got that. That's already been on the record multiple times that Anthony does not believe in anything. I believe in science. <laughs> all right, so, but back to what I was saying real quick. The, the pinwheels atop uh, the center field scoreboard were holdovers from the old Comiskey Park, and, you know, uh, we'll talk about this more when we're in the car, probably driving from here to Milwaukee. But uh, this ballpark for me is, is it's not the greatest. It's not the worst. It's kind of middle of the pack for me. It's got some, you know, we haven't gotten a chance because Martha was so great at showing us around the bowels of the stadium. We really haven't had time to walk around on field level and kind of do a circle of the park thus far. So uh, I think after the game, Anthony and I are going to take a quick stroll so we can check out the statues in center field and the old Comiskey Park shower that's standing in center field, which is, you know, kind of a fun little gimmick. But so maybe if we can actually take a look at this entire uh, park in its entirety, we might change our minds. But Anthony's right. This is not, you know, this has nothing on Camden. That's going to score a run. It's a deep fly ball. And Abreu is on his horse. And he has crossed home plate. The score is now two to nothing in favor of the good guys. Well, I believe, weren't the White Sox known as the bad guys back, uh, the guys in black, or they had like a marketing campaign back in the 90s? 
of being. I feel like I remember that. I'll look that up, put that on the website, uh, clubhousepodcast.com. But regardless, um, you know, let me ask my, my seatmate. Do you remember by any chance, uh, I seem to have this memory in my head of the White Sox being referred to as the bad guys or bad guys were black. Or was that a, a marketing campaign for that you back a in the 90s? marketing campaign in mid-90s. Yeah, that yeah. was when Frank was here, uh, Frank Thomas was here yeah, and all yes. that. Yeah, because yeah, the White Sox were the bad guys, which then A.J. Pruszynski years later would embrace that mentality and really become the bad guy of Major League Baseball. But, uh, so... They coined the term winning, uh, winning ugly, too, They did. in the 70s. Uh, it was 83, I believe. Yeah. So we have the White Sox to thank for that now overused phrase, but I actually, it's one of the phrases that I like. Winning ugly is... It's very obvious when you see a team winning ugly. It kind of describes the game perfectly. I like the beautiful game myself. I like the beautiful game. I just like the game. I don't care. Ugly, pretty, baseball is the best. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, all right, so with that, we're going to probably enjoy the rest of this game. We may check in with you later for here from the park or... uh, Actually, probably the next time you well, hear from us. We might have, if, if, that, that's if, why that, I was yeah, say, yes. if that particular uh, activity. See, now you're not wanting to no, say it out I'm, loud. No, I'm going to say it out loud. The particular activity being perpetrated perpetrated by our uh, the starting pitcher, Jeff Samarja, if he continues not giving up any hits, I think we have to revisit that. We absolutely will revisit it. But uh, if, if you don't hear from us again from U.S. Cellular, it means that... The worst has happened. Oh, the White Sox offense just waking up. Uh, so then we'll see you probably next time at Wrigley Field tomorrow. We will be, uh, yeah, that'll be the next time we speak to you is with Anthony, myself, and my sister, brother-in-law, and my awesome, 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 amazing little niece, Annika, uh, who will be going to her very first baseball game tomorrow. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you, uh, well, in a couple of seconds. Bye-bye. We're going to take just a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Please visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discuss on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. Head on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it if you could share this with your fellow baseball friends. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. That just makes it easier for other folks to be able to find out about our podcast. I am incredibly excited to tell you about my 2016 baseball stadium wall calendar brought to you by TF Publishing. The calendar is currently available for purchase at your local Meyer, Big Lots, Stop and Shop, and many more. You can also order them online at Amazon.com, Calendars.com, Staples.com, and others. I will include all of this information on my website, roundingthird.net. I think you are really going to love this calendar. I sincerely appreciate you checking it out. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives, like our chat with the hysterically funny comedian, Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy is the host of the Never Not Funny podcast and one of my comedy idols. In this clip, Jimmy discusses being in attendance to witness his beloved Chicago White Sox defeat the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to win the 2005 World Series. It's so funny. We all converged behind the first base dugout up on the concourse. It was like we all sort of like, we got to get down there because we had club seats. Mm. And so, which were great seats to watch the game. It's like, well, we can't celebrate up here by ourselves. We got to get down there. And it seemed like everybody had the same idea. So we all kind of were like behind 
the first base dugout up on the concourse, and then as soon as they won, we all ran down, yeah. you know, trying not to get punched by Angels sure, fans. Sure. And, uh, you know, the team was all coming out and, you know, running around and shaking up the champagne and all that. And it was, um, to me, it was a great day because I live here. Like, what are the odds that I live yeah. in the city where I get to watch my team clinch yeah, to go to the World Series? Like, I didn't have really to go special. anywhere. I just, it, it happened in my backyard. Yeah. And now is the moment we've all been waiting for. Anthony is back home, Wrigley Field. He had, of course, been to this park many times before, but we couldn't pass up an opportunity to see his Cubs defend their home turf. This was also a special day for me, as I was able to bring my little niece Annika to her first ever baseball game. We're also joined by my sister Shika and my brother-in-law Shakti. It also happened to be Shakti's first game at the gorgeous Wrigley Field. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it. We are home for Mr. Anthony Rapp. We are in the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. We are also joined today by a very, 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 very special guest, my little niece, Annika. It is her first baseball game ever. She's decked out in her little Tigers gear, but she is supporting the hometown Cubs. It's also my brother-in-law's first game here at Wrigley Field, although my sister and I have been here many, many times. But Anthony, we're here. Talk a little bit about your, your love, your home, Wrigley Field. I'm very happy. It's the first time I realized today, too. It's the first time I've been here when it's been warm out in a long time. <laughs> so I'm happy that I can be here in my shirt sleeves. Much different experience. You can actually, you know, focus on the game and not on keeping your blood vessels nice and warm. Yeah, because, you know, it's cold here when it's cold. It um, is, and it's windy here. Yeah. So anyway, uh, no, I just think that, I mean, it's always, to me, now having been to, oh! That was a clean base hit to left under the glove of a diving Starlin Castro. Kyle Hendricks, who we actually just saw play in uh, City Field a couple of days ago, pitch a heck of a game, is once again pitching insanely well, uh, has yet to give up a run. And, and he's being taken out. And as soon as I said that, he's being taken out of the game, but that's all right. He has pitched one heck of a game so far. He's given up, what, five, five hits in uh, seven and a third innings. But the um, most important stat of that is how many runs has he given up, Anthony? Well, six, wait. Yeah, seven and a third. Listen to this crowd, folks. up exactly no runs zero runs uh however he is responsible for the runner on first so it's possible that his pitching line could be one run if the relief cord we're keeping it positive here on the clubhouse podcast his line will be intact his line will be saved his line in my opinion will be closed with a 0.00 era attributed for this game i agree with you but you know it's possible anyway um so there are a couple things that we need to talk about. The elephant in the room, or the giant jumbotron in the room, if it were. This is my first uh, experience at Wrigley Field with the new video scoreboards. And I will say that thus far, I am not necessarily sad, but not necessarily happy either at the new inclusion of the giant video boards. Because as you can hear, there is now music being blasted by the speakers here at Wrigley Field, which never used to be the case. You know, they were always an organ-only ballpark, and there was a lot of silence in between uh, innings, and there was, this was old school, pure baseball, to use Anthony's term. 
and now I just feel like slowly but surely this video board is going to make them into just like every other ballpark where they did do the hat game today where, you know, guess which ball the hat is under. They're going to start running ads down there. They're going to start telling everyone when to clap their hands. It's just, it's inevitable. They're not going to do the clap your hands. They're, they're not. Because they're, as you notice, nothing is happening during any at-bats on the video boards. Nothing. I agree with you. This so is... that's not going to happen. I really believe... They've, they've said it, and I, I think they would come under great fire if they start doing things during at-bats during the game. And I for really me, do. I believe it's the frog in the boiling pot of water analogy. I feel like they do it slowly but surely over time, so to not to ruffle any feathers. But I think eventually, whether it's a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, Wrigley will have all of the bells and whistles that the rest of the ballpark have. I hope I'm wrong. I honestly, this is being recorded for in perpetuity. This will be in, in, the, in space in the satellites for years. So I hope someone will tell me 50 years from now, Manish, you were wrong. You were a dummy. They, they kept the integrity of Wrigley alive. But I'm worried that this once, I mean, it's going to be a beloved park forever. And I love this park, but it's, I really want the, the, the integrity of the silence of baseball to live here for a little bit longer. Well, I think that I really believe that that'll be the case. So we'll see who's right. Yeah, I mean, I I'm hope. not saying because I want to be, I mean, I want to be right, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I want, want you to be, be right too. I want to be right for the right reasons. So. Exactly. No, I, I would love it. I would love it if you were right about this. But um, Annika is uh, enjoying herself, I believe. Are you having fun, Annika? She is eating the microphone. So <laughs> do you want to say something, Stinky? Aww. <laughs> Big smile from her. We'll make sure to put pictures of us hanging out there on uh, at clubhousepodcast.com. Real quick, uh, my brother-in-law, Shakti, is sitting next to us here. And I just want to get his thoughts. This is your first visit to Wrigley Field. I took you to a game at U.S. Cellular Field on my 30 Stadium Tour back in 2013, which was actually your first professional Major League Baseball game. And you seem to have a lot of fun. I actually interviewed you for the Rounding Third podcast, which you can all listen to at roundingthird.net. But... This is now your first game at the friendly confines. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, it's, it's good. Hold on, I'm sorry. Uh, the, who, is it Strope? Who is pitching? Yeah, Strope. Strope just struck out. Uh, who did he strike more, out? Michael, more, Morse. Oh, big man, Michael Morse. Pinch hitting, striking him out. So, sorry, Shakti, go ahead. Uh, it's fantastic here. It's nice and green. It feels really intimate. I like the stadium a lot, this ballpark a lot. Uh, I'd love to visit here again. Yeah, so so my sister and uh, uh, her husband live here in Chicago, and while I need to make sure to indoctrinate them as Detroit Tigers fans, you know, my little niece, I just, I want her to see live baseball wherever. And, you know, if she's going to pick a place, honestly, Wrigley would be a great place to see it. U.S. Cellular would be a great place to watch some baseball. They got a couple of great options here in Chicago. So, Anthony, is there anything else you'd like to say before uh, we turn these off, turn this off and... Uh, I guess the next time we'll see people is on our uh, on the road to Milwaukee. Well, just, you know, I've always loved Wrigley. I've always thought it's the most beautiful park. And after seeing now 23 total parks, I only have seven left, I can say that I was correct. Fantastic play at second base. An absolutely fantastic catch deep, 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 deep in the hole by uh, the shortstop. Uh, who is playing short for you right now? It's it's Castro. Still Castro, Castro, Castro. Throwing, to, throwing to Addison Russell, who stayed on the bag well with the guy bearing down on him to, to, to get the force at second. The Cubbies have been playing well with the Clubhouse podcast in attendance, so maybe we just need to go play a uh, 162 version of this Clubhouse know, and right? follow them around the country. Know, right, right. But anyway, what I was going to say is that I can say with, with authority now that it is still, to me, the most beautiful ballpark of all the ballparks. It feels like the purest, you know, 
the, the purest baseball experience to me in terms of when you're looking at the field, you are taking in baseball and very little else. Even with these big Jumbotron video boards, because they are kept quiet and with the green background during the at-bats, during the field, during the play. So Yeah, I really, but other really ballparks don't have any type of, of caricatures or no, they'll have action. They'll have everybody clap your hands during an at-bat. Okay, yeah, in between an at-bat, yeah. yes, yes. No, yes, during yes. an at-bat. They'll That's have what I'm, I'm sorry, pitches. what I mean, yeah, yeah, between pitches is what I meant to say, I apologize. Yeah, so that is absolutely not happening yet here at Wrigley. Uh, I really, really hope that it does not happen ever, um, but... The music is a little bit loud. You know, we are having to talk a little bit above a hushed tones, but uh, that's, like I said, I love Wrigley. Um, I think that there are, the Ivy here is so iconic. When you sit here, the field here is absolutely pristinely manicured, manicured and gorgeous. I love the manual scoreboard. There is so much about this ballpark that I absolutely adore. I have my nitpicks the way I have my nitpicks of all 30 parks, but you guys don't need to tell either one of us to tell you uh, to do this. You need to visit Big Wrigley before, you know, you die. That's it. You, you have to visit Wrigley if you're a baseball fan of any way, shape, or form. You got to visit this beautiful, beautiful ballpark. So uh, we're going to see you next time uh, when we are driving to Milwaukee, which is going to be tomorrow. Uh, we'll be seeing the red-hot Milwaukee Brewers take on, I believe it's the Atlanta Braves, but we'll check that out uh, when we're on our way. So we'll see you guys in the car. After I turned off the recorder, my sister casually mentioned to me that I'd failed to ask her about her thoughts on this historic stadium. Sorry, Shika. Here now, you can listen to my sister wax poetic about Wrigley Field. We're back real quick because I need to make sure that I get my sister's thoughts on what she thinks about Wrigley Field. I talked to Anthony, I talked to Anika, I talked to Shakti. I did not talk to my lovely sister. So Shika, what do you think about Wrigley Field? That ball is off the wall, and pitch hitter Kristen Orpia just comes in with a double. This crowd is amped. I will say. The second hit of the game for the Cubs, and the Cubs are winning one and Yes, the Cubs have only gotten two hits in this game, but that doesn't matter because they are winning this game, and that's all that matters. So, Shika, talk to me a little bit about Wrigley Field. I've always loved Wrigley. I love that we can take Anika here. I love the Ivy. I think it's a beautiful field. I think it's iconic. I think it's a lot of fun to come watch games here. And I'm really hoping that we can instill in her a love of baseball so that she can be just like her Manish Mama and she can enjoy coming to watch the Tigers and the Cubs play. For those of you who may not uh, know any Indian people in your life, Manish Mama, which is what I'm referred to, is basically uh, Manish uncle. I am, I am her mama, I am her uncle. So I'm really excited to start a tradition of bringing her to the ballpark every year. Are you playing with the microphone? You are getting the microphone all dirty, Stinky. Oh, my little Annika. All right, folks. Well, now with that, we will see you on the drive from Chicago to Milwaukee. With our weekend of Chicago baseball coming to a close, we made our way north to catch a game in Milwaukee. The drive was so short that we didn't really have time to throw on the recorder to capture our road trip shenanigans. The final segment for this episode comes to you from our seats inside Miller Park. Welcome back, everybody. The rains are falling here in Milwaukee. So because of that, unfortunately, the roof is closed here at Miller Park. But uh, Anthony, this is your first trip to uh, uh, Milwaukee to see visit Miller Park. As a Cubs fan, you've watched a lot of 
the Brewers over your life on television. What are your thoughts on seeing it on TV versus now seeing it for the first time in the flesh? Um, it's bottom tier for me. Uh, I think, the, I mean, the concourse is nice, but you don't see the concourse on TV, so that doesn't matter in terms of your question. Um, I just think it's drab and ugly, and I think the field is kind of, the, the grass, is, there's no sort of pattern in the mowing of it. it and when I'm, we're sitting pretty close, so we, the grass kind of looks a little patchy. I mean, it just, there's nothing about this park that feels special to me, really. So I, there's too much stuff going on. There's, and it's also, again, I mean, I'm right after being a Wrigley, which is so simple, and like that purity, um, which is really what I love, which like lifts my heart up. I come in here and I even just looking in from the concourse. I was like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing. The crowd, just to update you guys, the crowd is, uh, it's a small crowd here at Miller Park, and the Brewers are currently down five to three. But the crowd is getting into it, and, and what few fans are here are really uh, excited. Now, what I was telling Anthony is that unfortunately, you know, uh, because the rains came and the roof is closed, I feel like that really does paint a negative picture of what this park can be. Because I actually am a kind of a big fan of Miller Park. I, I love the outside of this park quite a bit. I love Hellfair Field. I love the concourse. I love the statues. I love the atmosphere that's in here. Uh, unfortunately, because it's so gray and drab and humid in here with the roof closed, look, I'm never a fan of indoor baseball. I think that is just something that is always going to bring the mood down a little bit. But Anthony is absolutely correct. The, the field conditions are not the greatest. Um, I'm actually curious if maybe they had a concert here recently or something because there seems to be literally dead patches of grass on this field, which should never be in a major league ballpark. But, um, and is there anything specifically, I mean, you did mention the concourse, that you did like the concourse a little bit. Is there anything maybe about this? You know, we did look at, they've got some good uh, statues, they got some good histories of the game that are up on the walls here and there. Is there anything specifically that you do like about this park? Yeah, I said the concourse and the, that other little park is nice, but yeah, in terms of sitting in sitting in here watching a baseball game. Wait, right, no, I understand those are that. Ultimately, my my biggest of all the parks that I visited, that's what I want to have the best experience at. Uh, and the other stuff is just it's nice bonuses. Sure. When they all work, that's great, like in Camden. Sure. But here, I don't, you know, and I don't care if it's humid. I mean, that doesn't bother me. Um, it's just ugly to me. Okay. Fair enough. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to bring you back here one day when it's a nice, sunny, bright day and you can actually see it with the sky above and with the sun shining down. But uh, real quick, for a moment here, it is an 0-1 count. There's two outs. Scooter Jeanette, who uh, Anthony pointed out earlier, and I have to agree, is one heck of a baseball name, is got a chance to play the hero. Ooh, he just twists himself all around. Uh-oh. I think he might just be embarrassed with that swing, or is he, uh, yeah, I think he's embarrassed with that swing. He's on the ground, sitting on his backside. <laughs> he kind of corkscrewed into the ground there. He's going to shake that one off. But uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't follow it off himself, he followed it straight back. So. No, he followed it straight back. It's he, he corkscrewed himself into the ground with his swing, basically. He swung so hard, he did kind of a little twist and went down to the ground. So I think he was just a little bit embarrassed by that. Oh, uh, you did mention that you did like the uh, the fact that there's a live organ here. Yes. Always a fan of live organ music in any ballpark that we go to. So now it is an 0-2 count. Mr. Jeanette. So is it safe to say that this is probably one of the first parks that we really kind of strongly disagreed about? In terms of... I think so. I think so. I mean, that's interesting. 
I think you're right. I'm, I'm trying to think. No, yeah, we've. I think that you and I had, uh, and that is a base hit to short, and Anderson Simmons with a gun. You ain't gonna run on Anderson Andrelton Simmons, but um, you know, I think I think in DC you had a little bit of a of a uh, uh, poorer time than I did. But once again, I feel like you and I agreed on some of the reasons why we thought that it wasn't great. Yeah, I think this is the first one where we really are on complete, almost opposite sides of the spectrum, where I am, I'm, I'm, I don't think that this is one of the best ballparks in the country. I would never say that. I just think that it is, um, of the domed stadiums, it's probably my favorite. Of the retractable roofed stadiums. Oh, it's, Safeco is so much better. Safeco is the best. No, I said one of. Safeco is definitely my favorite, but also Safeco, to me, isn't even a full retractable roof. As we were mentioning earlier, it's just, it's an umbrella. It covers the field, but around the park is always open. It's, it's not just the, it's not the sky and the roof. It's, sure. it's when I'm looking at the field and when I'm looking at the outfield walls and the scoreboard and, and all the stuff that's out sure. there, I think it's all ugly. I, I don't disagree. There are, there are a lot of ads here, a lot of ads, which is no different than most ballparks. I know Wrigley doesn't have a lot of them, but most ballparks these days do have a lot of billboard ads. But I, I, I do feel that with the roof open, it gives a different ambiance here at the park. The way the light hits the billboards or the way the light hits the grass does, I believe, affect uh, one's viewpoint and one's attitude. I'll say it. My attitude in this park right now is nowhere near as, as crisp and exciting as it was the last time I was here. I felt myself yawn a couple of times today, which I've never, I don't do in ballparks. I don't yawn at ballparks. But I felt my body be feeling a little lethargic with the roof closed. So yes, I don't disagree. This is not, you know, I'm, I don't think you're wrong in your assessment of what you have said. Uh, I just wish that you would have. I mean, what is the first thing I said to you when, when uh, we met in the car today? You were disappointed the roof was closed, but I don't. I still don't think that would make a difference. And when I look at, you know, like PNC has ads, but there's still the when you're looking to the outfield, right. it's, it's still well, beautiful. But, what but I think, at. like I said, I think it is because we are enclosed here that there's nothing else to look at. And so since there's nothing else to look at, your eye is automatically trained to all the bright colors and all the different uh, billboards. Like I, said, I, I feel like this is we're going to be running around in circles, talking in circles, because unless you saw it with it completely opened, I think it's going to be really impossible to be able to know how you'd react to that. I mean, you might be right. You might see it open and be like, oh, yeah, this is still garbage. I, I have no idea. I can't. I'm not inside your head. I just wish you would have gotten a chance to see this with the roof open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do, too. But I don't plan on coming back here. <laughs> Unless there's, like, some meaningful game down the road, like in playoffs or something where the Cubs and Brewers are playing, and I get the opportunity to come back here. But sure, of I course. I not make a special trip here again. Okay. Okay. Well, I will say that for, for the second time in a row, uh, I, I highly enjoyed the brats that are here. Uh, so thank you, Milwaukee, for that. And you do know how to tailgate better than any ballpark. That's very true. We, you know, the, the millisecond we stepped out of our car, folks are, are starting a conversation with us about just anything. Um, so Milwaukee, you're doing a good job with uh, the tailgating. You do a great job with the food. Maybe scale back a little bit on the advertising inside the ballpark. Please, I think Anthony and I both agree, take care of this field a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll talk to you guys next time when we're in the car driving to Minnesota. We'll talk to you guys in a bit. Bye-bye. After the final out was recorded, Anthony and I hopped in our car and drove through the night towards Minnesota. During our game at Miller Park, 
a woman was struck in the face by a hot shot foul ball off the bat of Braves outfielder Yuri Perez. We discussed the issue of safety in the stands on our drive, but our conversation ran a little bit long. So stay tuned for a future episode to hear our thoughts on how fans can keep themselves safe in their seats. Keep your heads up, folks, and look out for batted balls. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and just the amazing baseball fans that are always hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, I get it. So just check out Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life who loves baseball. If you can make it in, mention this podcast to get a free bag tag with any purchase. The Clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese. The website and logo were designed by Ronan Jora. You can follow Anthony and I individually at Rounding3RdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.